The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our DC. Hello, everyone. Good morning, good day, good afternoon, whenever you're listening to the podcast. How the heck do I know? This is Dave, and welcome to the Boston Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lovers, muggers, and thieves, I want to thank our sponsor right off the top, the U.S. Postal Service, second largest employer in the nation, offering paid training and ways to move up. Apply today, usbs.com slash careers, U.S. Postal Service, deliver for the nation. I also want to thank our friends at Adori, that's A-D. O-R-I. Go to the App Store, download the Adori podcast player. If you like the bells and whistles and the gadgets on your phone, it's a really user-friendly podcast player. And also, your podcasts come alive. So, if you were watching, consuming this podcast on the Adori app, pardon me, a little bit of a frog in my throat this morning. I don't know what's going on. It's cold today. Coldest uh, day in memory, right, Leo? Don't you think? Yeah, it's been as cold in a while. Yes. And so my mystery guest, whose disembodied voice you hear there, (laughs) is Leo uh, Sarkisian. He is the... Yes. Yes. You're adoring fans, Leo. We keep the people out of the room, though. It's pretty crowded. (laughs) I know. I know. Um, He is the executive director of the Ark of Massachusetts, as I said, and... um, we're going to tell some excellent stories about ways the Ark has helped people and learn about what he does. If you're, uh, if you're a listener of the show, you know I do a lot about people with challenges, people with disabilities. My son, Adrian, I'm thinking of him now. He has autism. He's he's at a great school called Cardinal Cushing. And um, we're trying to figure out if the power is out in Hanover because Adrian doesn't freak out about too much. But he needs his gadgets and his devices. And if the power is out, we've got to solve a little bit of an issue. But, but we'll see. Uh, great to be with you, David. Thanks. Thanks for being here, Leo. It's, this has been um, a long time coming. We've had a couple of reschedules, and so I'm glad you're here. Um, to finish the thought, I'm just one big parenthesis to finish the thought. If you were listening on the Adori app, you could see the picture of Leo, and he's a handsome man, and he's dressed up today. So um, do yourself a favor and download that Adori podcast player. So here we are, my friend, Leo. And uh, I'm scared because he, he, he I want to warn everyone, he's got notes. He, you've got notes. You've that's, got... that's because of my age. You know, it's always good to have, you know, little hints. Sure. Sure. R- reminders and such. Um, there are some color coded charts that Leo is looking at explaining everything that the arc does. So I guess, yeah, let's start at the beginning. I mean, the, 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 the arc, you, we were just talking before we started recording about how the, first of all, the, the name, the arc, tell us what sure. the arc, yeah. Well, the arc, you know. Disability um, is a term that's evolved right over Pull the mic in a little closer, Leo. Yeah, we got to make sure we get all those mellifluous. So the word disability is a term that's evolved so much over the, you know, I'd say the decades, right? But centuries, if you want to go there, I mean, people didn't even acknowledge it uh, centuries ago, right? Right. And um, if you were talking to someone who had a physical disability, they'd be talking about the Civil War. Yeah. And they'd be talking about how many people came back in the Civil War with physical issues, right, and needed um, adjustments, needed supports. So uh, with the ARC, uh, we we sort of track our history to World War II and the baby boom Mm -hmm. after World War II. Mm -hmm. And it was a time where, obviously, huge numbers of kids were born. 
Yeah. And suddenly, Hence the, the issue of disability. Right, right. Bans the boom. <laughs> yeah, that's Good why point. they called it the boom. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I always wondered why they called it that. <laughs> yeah. uh, so suddenly you had, you know, these or- parents getting together because they didn't know what to do. Very much like the autism boom that happened, honestly, you know, sometimes thinking it came out of nowhere, right? The rapid expansion. It if felt you think like about it, yeah. that, right? Yeah. And so suddenly you're in the 50s, 1950s, and people are meeting in their homes. Uh, people are trying to get together. There's no public education, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's and and some of the kids. I, I mean, I would say for people that were mildly impaired, needed you know, not obvious that they had a disability. Maybe they were just going with the flow, right? And and basically, families were trying to figure it out or not figure it out, depending on the family and their resources, right? Their energy. Um, and basically, you had though kids who couldn't speak. Maybe you had kids mm-hmm. with intellectual disabilities that were so you know, severe. Um, but it was really a hodgepodge of kids, heterogeneous. It wasn't like one definition. And the word retarded got established out yeah. of that. Um, but the art got established in the 50s along with the United Cerebral Palsy, along with uh, Easter Seals a little afterwards, I think. Um, but these organizations boomed, right, because there was a need to help yeah. support people. And there always was that need. It just wasn't understood, right? I mean, if, if you ever want to scare the crap out of yourselves go back and read the history of treatment of people with mental problems right oh, i mean but you, you go way back and it was everything was just called hysteria right yes. it, 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 they, they were hysterics and i don't know why i went down a rabbit hole recently uh about lobotomies oh, <laughs> because God. for a while oh. for a while that was an accepted treatment and you know for those that may not know the lobotomy you know was a procedure where they actually removed a portion of your brain thinking that it would make things better and in a small number of cases it did but mostly yeah. it it, it sound it, it's as gruesome as it sounds and and the the effects could be quite brutal and just remove people's personalities and right well think, the medical profession can do so many good things but yeah. what a great example yeah, of these professionals being respected not questioned right. sometimes they just fool around with the thing but they they based it on some kind of i don't know what since they didn't know what they were doing as you said um, the other example of that, of course, what kid told uh, doctors told parents, um, just put your kid away yeah. in the fifties and sixties. You know, yeah. by fifty nine, nineteen fifty nine, uh, we had here over ten thousand people in institutions in mm-hmm. Massachusetts, a progressive state, right? Yeah. Technically, um, over ten thousand. Right. And it was five dollars a day it cost to keep them fed. Now, if you see those pictures. Uh, which you can see, I think it's called Asylum in Purgatory by Bert Blatt, mm. um, which is, you know, our cut follies, you know, which talk yeah. about mental health and yeah. treatment of those with mental illness. Um, you see kids lined up in beds. Um, there's a young man who lives in Norwood, actually. It's my first story. Good. Uh, great guy. He served on my board for a little while uh, for, for two terms, actually. And he talked about how he didn't learn anything the first 16 years of his life mm. being in an institution. Wow. And the irony with him is he's pretty damn articulate, okay? But he served on your board. It sounds like and he's he doing all right for board, himself. Right. Yeah. He was able yeah. to, be, you know, and he didn't need a ton of tutoring either on the issues. What was his actual diagnosis? Well, he's legally blind. Okay. And supposedly had an intellectual disability yeah. of some level. And his family had, I think, like, this is where families make a difference. And you know, I'm lucky to work with awesome families, but they had 10 kids. Wow. And yeah. uh, two of them had disabilities. It might have been three. One severely needed a lot of supports, couldn't express himself verbally, had difficulty moving. Uh, Roger 
you know, uh, just very capable man. Mm -hmm. Obviously, when you're younger, right, your central nervous system is still developing. So I'm sure he was behind other kids. Right. But he he just he always talks about the last few years with Chapter 766 special education law passing that the ARC was very much a part of uh, and a leader in. He finally got all his education condensed in two years. Wow, quick you know, learner, right? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, he he worked for years. He recently retired. He actually was working um, at the Sheraton mm-hmm. um, down the street. But again, a great leader. Great. He needed an opportunity. That's what he needed. Yeah. Right. He didn't need to be shoved aside. So, um, so the arcs history sort of trails stories like Rogers, right. Yeah. And people's lives. And, um, you know, another example of sort of how things evolve, um, over the decades, when I first started, I sort of grew up in the system, had, had different roles, mm-hmm. um, my trade, social work. Mm-hmm. Um, so Where'd you I grow was, up Leo, by the way, I grew up in New York city actually, okay. and, uh, ended up up here. Sounds like you've had about 40% of that accent removed, but yeah. there's still traces there. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, my, my buddy who just who passed away a few years ago was all upset when I was at his house and the Mets were playing mm-hmm. the Sox for the World Series, mm-hmm. the Bruckner error one. Yeah, and, 86. And uh, I'm rooting yeah. for the Sox. He's like, what are you doing? You yeah, know, why are right. you rooting for the Sox? I said, so hey, you, you had already been converted. I had been converted, oh, yes. Oh, good. All yes. right. Uh, that didn't work out for us that year, but No, but since we've done off, okay, yeah. right, right, since right, then. Right. Um, but yeah, it's it's amazing. But um, I was there was a family um, in in my career. It sort of I went from being a practitioner to running an agency to then becoming an advocate. And one experience was working with older families at an organization that needed to change, you know. But the families were nervous about, believe it or not, publicly funded services. Mm-hmm. They thought that was welfare. A number of the families, the core group that was still there. Right. In fact, the organization had spawned other organizations, mm-hmm. basically. Because people that didn't agree with them, right, went on mm-hmm. to be active elsewhere and did get the services, right, and, and all that through the state. And, and it was very much like triage, though. You know, it was very difficult if you an adult son or daughter. Um, the autism boom hadn't happened yet, though there was clearly young people with autism mm-hmm. who had intellectual disabilities that we served. And so one day, these older parents, you know, the wife died. And a year later, the father died. Mm-hmm. They had one daughter. And that was like a lesson for me, too, about, wow, there's, there's no will, by the way. There's no future plan. Yeah, so what happens to the child? Yeah. Well, yeah. very fortunate people were involved, and we got the state area office in there, and she got into a home right away, so there was no gap uh, for her life. But can you imagine the uprooting for her? Yeah. And then trying to make sense of all the financial stuff, which we didn't get involved in, right? That wasn't our thing, but cousin that was involved and I have it's I know a lot about her life she she actually transitioned well as could be expected right given the situation Mm -hmm. but things were so limited that this dad who was living alone with his daughter um you know got a few respite hours twice a week maybe for bathing things like that but he was involved in many intimate kinds of things that he had to do and he was old school you know I can't even imagine what it was like for the both of them but that was we're light years away from that today in terms of the evolution, but I, that always stuck with me. And I think that's why the arc, one of, one of the things we did in 99 was focus on the waiting list mm-hmm. for services and developed, um, what did a legal challenge to the state on that. But so experiences that we have, the stories like you were talking about, David mm-hmm. influence us, influence board members, influence other families. Um, and they, they result in action. 
it should come as no surprise a lot of people that are that are advocates like yourself and the the arc by the letter of your your mission i guess disability advocacy organization so for those that don't know that that means you do get involved in um po- a lot of policy that you're a policy guy right yes, yes. and so which is i imagine always a struggle because anyone that knows anything about uh, special education and treatment of people with disabilities knows that the the state is not always and i would imagine just about every state it, it's just not it, it's never like at the tippy top of priorities right 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 um but you said so you said arc um so we, we were going down the road there and as i always do we we find detours but but so the arc Literally, the, what are the three letters? Or, or no, three the, le- no, the three the, letters do we not. Got rid so of they know, we got rid of the three letters in the 90s. Yep. The question was, how do we talk about intellectual and developmental disabilities in a different way? We had Barry Morrow, who was the script writer for Rain Man, involved, an advertising agency. How, Is that do right? We, yeah, do we change our name? How do we change our name? This was probably late 80s. 90 um wait that's fascinating so yeah. the the right the guy who wrote rain man right was part of a subcommittee right. the national organization so so that's what's great about this organization david which i yep. haven't told your listeners right we have three levels and and basically we're an umbrella the national organization's umbrella we, we if you talk to people in dc the arc the united states has you know the premier governmental affairs advocacy team for disability uh i was just talking to someone for a survey strategic plan she's a uh, person who's worked with university centers. She's a person who's now at the Autism Society of America. She said to me, yeah, we count on the ARC yep. to do certain things. Um, so that's the national sort of brotherhood, sisterhood, familyhood. And then we have state affiliates. We have at least uh, 35 across the country. Mm-hmm. Okay, not all with full-time staff, but most do, do have that. It's all fundraising, by the way, because even mm-hmm. if you get grants, grants have to go in a certain direction. You can't it the the stuff we do is based on what the needs are so that takes fundraising to do it and then the third level is the local chapters that agree to make a long-term commitment hmm. now we're lucky we have 17 local chapters across the state from Berkshires to the Cape to Northeast but we also have about 45 agencies that donate to us hmm. because they realize the common good you know right, that it makes right. sense to you know and they're in a trade probably as well a trade organization that addresses their business needs and then we have families and do- and donors are really key big donors um but what that allows us to do is to react and plan to advocate for the things that are needed. needed. So, for example, like in the 50s, what was needed? There was no classrooms. Mm. There was no – the first thing was summer camps, David, believe it or not. Wow. People wanted a break yeah. in the summer. Who would yeah. have thought that, right? Mm. And then some school towns had classes, some didn't. So – you, you know, you said they didn't. So they didn't have special education classes. No, they would so, be voluntary. You, okay, you, they were not mandated, so they'd be. So does advocacy. that mean kids with challenges were were just integrated with the rest of the class, no. or or they they just weren't welcome at the no, school? They, you depended on the town. Right. So if okay. you had a group of parents getting together in someone's house, say, hey, let's make it happen in Milton. Let's make it happen in, you know. So for example, in East Weymouth, I can tell you because of my experience in the South Shore, mm-hmm. that Mrs. Lincoln's class mm-hmm. had kids from Milton. And Quincy and, you know what I mean, yeah. across the South Shore, because that... That was the closest one for them. Correct, yeah. correct. Yeah. And maybe it was near the furnace. Maybe mm-hmm. it was in the basement, you know, yeah. the class. Right? Yeah. You get the picture. Oh, yeah. Um, so the ARC, it's our mission is to enhance the lives of people with intellectual dis- and developmental disabilities and their families. But we don't only do it through the funding cycle. We, do, we actually implement the mission by advocating for supports and services that address the inequity in all sectors of society. Mm-hmm. So our missions evolved, right? In the old days, it'd be, yeah, let's separate but equal kind mm-hmm. of thing maybe yeah. at first, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
but but we've all to we should be keeping an eye on the prize uh, to borrow a term from civil rights, right? African Americans, uh, which, both which we borrow a lot from. Rights. Sure, um, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. A- and it's really all about uh, getting people in the mainstream because people learn from each other. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's not possible. Sometimes quality education forces a parent to pick a segregated environment. We get that. You know, we understand that. Hopefully, it's for a short term, because at the end of the day. We all learn from peers, mm-hmm. and we also want society, want people in the broader society, extended family, right, starting with them, right, God knows, mm-hmm. uh, to say, yeah, oh, I get it. I, I get Adrian. I get yep. Roger. I, yep. Wow, you know, and I have a mentor by the name of Evelyn, Evelyn Houseline, who talks about her family and how her son, her son's just a little younger than me, how one of the cousins embraced him connected, mm-hmm. you know, just through the extended family gatherings, and it's sort of figuring that out as a family but we're trying to figure it out systemically, right? We're trying to figure it out on a bigger scale. Is there anyone in your family, your personal family, that, so that the, had, had the, a challenge? You that? know, it's interesting because I didn't have one in my immediate family, but when I was 13 or 12, 12 and a half, 13, Armin was born. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm Armenian, so he, he, uh, mm-hmm. his name's Armin. He was my father's first cousin. It was a female, Mar- Margaret Margush. Uh, her son, she married later in life. He had Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And in the extended family gatherings, I was anointed to watch Armin because he oh, also really? was hyperactive. So yeah, you, yeah, were clo- yeah. you were close in age? or, or? No, no, it was like three because I was so much older. Oh, right? you were older. Okay. So. Yeah, in fact, uh, he moved to California as I went to high school, like probably in my senior year or junior year in high school. So even though we kept in touch, you know, distantly through my family, I, you know, I sort of lost touch over, you know, thousands, 3,000 miles there. But... It, I remember it being a hassle, right? Because he was so energetic. Yeah. But I remember, I think in retrospect, I learned something from it, right? Uh, and he was a cute baby. And, and he and my nephew were the same ages. Okay. So I also learned about that when I got older, like the different journeys they had. So th- that must have been eye-opening, right? Yeah. And what yeah. what was that like? Did, did, well, did, did like what, what was it about him that... Because I think it got a lot of this in retrospect, right? Yeah. Because of my right. later experience... Um, I learned that I think I appreciated more, like they chose not to have any more kids, for example. So I think about the family too. Yeah. I think it stuck with me. And I thought about, um, I mean, they, they had a good life. Um, uh, he was loved. His, his mother's sister was out there too in their family. So they, they were um, very close, the kids, the cousins there. But I think as I got older and, and in my, in, um, in college, I volunteered, um, at a day activity center, which I didn't even know what the hell it was, but mm-hmm. there was kids with more profound disabilities in the group because a friend of mine was working there. Mm-hmm. And I think that reconnected me to that experience. Mm-hmm. And it helped me appreciate both the family piece in a way I normally wouldn't, right? Working in the, I'd be just thinking about the people I was working with, mm-hmm. um, helping them do these different activities during the day, once a week when I'd volunteer for six months. Um, so I think it it gave me an appreciation, whereas I don't know if I would have even said yes to Bobby when he said to me, hey, why don't you do this as a community service credit right. thing? Right, right. And, and then and just put me on the path. Um, and and there's, there was the experience, too, like right before I went to grad school, I ended up working as assistant teacher in a clinical nursery. Mm-hmm. And there was, there was a three-year-old who was quadriplegic. There was also a seven-year-old who had autism mm. in the same class. By the way... That was 1977, post the passage of special education law. So it tells you how long it takes 
from but the passage point, of a law. But that point, known that those two kids have incredibly different, class different needs. Correct. Yeah, please, right. Isn't that a great example? They, they, they pretty much have nothing in common. Correct, yeah. correct. Yeah. And, and, all, and, and Jenny, who was, who was a young kid, could have even had like an IQ that was regular IQ, and so could have John, by That's the right. way, with yeah. autism. Sure. And, and he was buddies with another John, same age, who had more of an emotional overlay. Might not have even, you know, might have been mildly impaired, if that, borderline intelligence. You know, so that classroom with the kids... Uh, said with seven kids in all. Again, great experience because the mentorship of a teacher. Her name was Phyllis Fazio from Sharon. Hey, by the way. hey shout out Sharon Eagles. Yeah. All right. Yeah, <laughs> I, um, I have lost touch with her, but I yeah. recently had connected last decade. But I, I'm, I'm hopefully she's doing well. Uh, but she was an awesome mentor. But again, that experience I think cemented even more for me understanding um, the importance of family, right? Uh, involved family, but also realizing that families are different resources. At different capabilities. For sure. Uh, right. Sometimes these things, we open our eyes later in life to things we don't realize at the time. I mean, yeah. there was a kid in my class, I have memories of being in middle school, and there was a kid named Gary who didn't quite fit in, and he had a weird affect to him, and he, he didn't always look you in the eye. And I'm quite sure, you know, this is the late 70s probably, I'm quite sure that he was he had no diagnosis. Well, that's my guess anyway. And he was just seen as an odd kid. And, you know, who knows, maybe eventually they got him some therapy. But there's no doubt in my mind, looking back on it, that the kid has a- had Asperger's. Right. And what's, I think, nice about this time, we still have w- ways to go, but, but people, the general public knows what Asperger's is. I mean, I think that's a pretty big leap. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, and I, and then maybe that opens the door to understanding acceptance. Yeah, for sure. You know, right? And that's all we want is acceptance. And then with acceptance comes, okay, what does this mean for us to do? Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking of the school piece, right? Kids finally, families were saying, hey, accept our kids. Yep. We need to have classrooms. And, they, you know, they can't be maybe classrooms. They have to be real. So, that, so again, that was a great example of the arts saying, okay, we're going to fight on this. We're going we're gonna to go to bat, you know. We didn't have to do a lawsuit on that. There had been lawsuits in Maryland and uh, one other state. Uh, but our, our education law became a template for the country's mm-hmm. education law. Mm-hmm. Um, the two other groups that were involved with us were MAC and um, what was very strong at the time, Mass Association of Mental Health. So, but the ARCS families were clearly front and center in terms of pushing the button on education. And at that time, too, was the whole issue of deciding community services or not at the ARC. Right. And a bunch of state school parents groups left the ARC mm-hmm. in that era because basically we took the stand that publicly supported community supports and services should be made available for adults and mm-hmm. families. Mm-hmm. I want to get into sort of what is the, the future of treatment of people with challenges here in, in this state. You're the perfect person to ask. And I also want to know what families, what the, the, the sort of garden variety family with a, a kid with the challenge should know about what the ARC does. That's known as a teaser in the podcast business, Leo. We're going to get to that in a moment after I tell you about our sponsor, the U.S. Postal Service, second largest employer in the United States, offering paid training and ways to move up. Apply today, usps.com slash careers from mail carriers to corporate management. The USPS works together to provide efficient, affordable service to the American public. The workers are the backbone of its service, and the USPS wants to develop and advance careers so its development programs train and prepare employees for promotions and growth in a variety of business areas. Everything you need to know is at the website, usps.com slash careers. Apply today. The U.S. Postal Service deliver for the nation. So we've, uh, you've given me some great examples of, of, you know, sort of uh, guideposts along your way and, and things that have inspired you. What, um, 
What should, what should people know about the Ark? And by the way, I'll, I'll mention it and I'll repeat it later. But if you want more information about Leo and what they do at the Ark, it's arcmass.com, A-R-C-M-A-S-S dot org. Oh, my God. It's, <laughs> it's right there on the whiteboard. And I said the wrong thing. We've all got dot com tattooed on our brains. It is arcmass.org. Org, O-R-G. You probably should have bought both the domains, David, right? Then we wouldn't have the problem, right? Yeah, you yeah. never know. I yeah. bet, But I bet you're also very Googleable. you know. Yeah. You, you, yes. And yeah. there, there aren't a lot of Leo Sarkisians out there either, so people so, are going to find you. So <laughs> actually, Sarkisians like Smith among Armenians. But Is that true? Oh, okay. We'll skip that one. <laughs> okay, That'll be a sorry. different time. Sure. But, uh, you know, I, we have a great team. That we're, we're not huge. We're an umbrella organization. People are always surprised that, that from a full-time staffing point of view, the equivalents are only around nine or 10 equivalents in that ballpark. And we have a director of education outreach, Kerry Mahoney, who's awesome. We have uh, Morris great. Sullivan, who's got three children, two of which have autism, who's director of government affairs and oversees Operation House Call. We've got um, Ellen Taverna, a new person, a policy officer, who's trying to help me get out of the building more and taking on some of the issues in mass health. I mean, we have an array of issues and other staff. I'm not going to, you know, go blow, blow, blow by blow. Mm. Volunteers play a really important role, too, which is we leverage that. And the chapters play an important role. And some of the sponsor members that are nonprofits, their their team members play a role. So what, what we try to do, first place, our website, you can look for resources by age or you can look for resources by disability uh, issue. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I want to learn more about Medicaid. Mm-hmm. You know, Medicaid so, like, trust me, if you have a child that's turning 18, you want to assess Social Security and Medicaid, Social Security being federal, Medicaid being mass health in our state. Right. So, um, I keep saying Medicaid, by the way, because of the policy side of me and yeah. the decades, you know, of dealing yeah. with that program, which is, by, by the way, underwrites now 80% or more of all the supports and services in the country and in Massachusetts. Why? Because all the discretionary funding for adults withered away over time, right? Because of the federal budget. Mm-hmm. And if you do have a kid with a disability, I got to put this plug in. I got to say yeah, yeah. the federal issues, the con, you know, and, and those of you that want fewer taxes, you may be mad at me for saying this, but it's illogical to me. If I had a mortgage and health costs and kids to pay in school, I would not switch from a full-time job to a part-time job, right? That's sort of Doesn't financially not feasible. Correct. And that's what we're doing in our country at the height of the baby boom, right? We know we have IOUs to Social Security. That's no secret, right? okay? We have Medicare. So the baby boomers are in full force right now, but there's the last vestige, which is me and my cohort coming in the door with people with disabilities. So you got the elders, you got baby boomers, you got people with disabilities, autism boom. Oh, and let's cut taxes. We got, by the way, transportation infrastructure going to crap. We've got higher education, not affordable for how many people, right? Uh, so the logic of keeping the cut taxes, that that's somehow a sensible position politically on the federal level when the federal government reimburses Medicaid for us in Massachusetts and our disability services by 50 cents on every dollar when possible is scary. And it's scary for the future of our kids. You've got my vote. Sarkissian 2020. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. So, uh, but, right. but in terms of, uh, I know you want to talk about the future. I want to, today's a big okay, day, yeah, actually, please. by coincidence, even though it's not going to air today. Um, yep. Today, the Senate, ex- I It'll expect that soon. Today is, what is, what is 16th. today's uh, October 16th. Okay. I expect the Senate yep. to pass the registry, abuse registry law today, which is called Nikki's Law, and, and the folks of Dana's Law are part of this too now. So I'm um, pretty excited about it. It was negotiated with groups that were 
want to see more protections for people that were wrongly accused, you know, to make sure there was a full process. But we will hopefully see this bill then go to the House Ways and Means Committee um, and and be pr pretty well addressed there. Um, we really, all the people in the positions are sensitive to our issues. Um, How much do you get involved in this? Did you, do you so, get so testimony up on the So hill? historically, I was very mm. involved in it. Now, because I have people like Morris Sullivan and Charlie Fisk, who I didn't mention before, day-to-day mm. um, -day stuff they're doing, but that doesn't mean, you know, um, for example, I'll go to the building today, right? I'll go. Mm -hmm. I call it the building. You know, I'll show up at <laughs> 1, and I'm hoping, you know, I change my schedule around. I think around. you're talking about the State House. State House, And not yes. the bar down the street. Correct. Okay. Yes. That's later. After it's <laughs> yeah, we all need it. <laughs> right, yeah. But my expectation is, you know, but meetings with certain situations, I will go negotiating a bill like this bill went through three negotiations. So, yeah, I would go in for that. Um, so there's there's critical things. We'd be involved in meeting with the Secretary of Health and Human Services, the Commissioner, Department of Elmo Services, um, if we're able to get meeting with chairman of Ways and Means and either branch chairpersons, um, they happen to be men right now, but they've been women as well, mm -hmm. the president of the Senate, the Speaker of the House, um, who, who are both like huge um, supporters. The Speaker actually started at his job as a state rep the year I started at the Arkham, Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, but he's just been unbelievably supportive to our constituency. And the Senate president, she uh, had a sister with a disability who passed mm -hmm. away recently. So she's been uh, sensitive and, and, and caring and, and just focused. And she, they're both obviously wouldn't get to their jobs where they are if they weren't skilled. So, yeah, that's a very big part of our job, working with our national office on the Hill, supporting them, reaching out to our congressmen. So historically, uh, Ed Markey was on the subcommittee for Commerce, which oversaw Medicaid. Kerry was on the Senate Committee for Finance. Edward Kennedy, God bless him, was mm -hmm. on the HEW, HHSED committee. So he was, and John Tierney used to be on the committee for education. So we had I do remember Teddy, folks, do, Teddy doing a lot oh, for, yeah. for uh, special needs. We had folks in, in, yeah. in huge situations. Yeah. And I think Kerry and, and Mark were probably underlooked in, in that issue. But as Senator, he's been really supportive. Of course, we've got other Congress people who are great too, like Joe Kennedy and others. Mm -hmm. um, we have... Um, Congressman Lynch, and I'm, I'm not going to go through the whole litany, but we do have a great delegation. McGovern is awesome. Uh, there's so many good people. Leo was trying to get them all in in case they're listening. I am. Just Keating. If, if Bill, you, Ke <laughs> Bill Keating. Well, you Bill know, Keating. Sharon, another Sharon, man. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. He was yeah. a state rep, then a state For senator, sure, yeah. then became a congressman. You know, the crazy, great story there is we're good partners. We have groups like university centers and others that we go to D.C. with. Mm -hmm. And because they have federal funding for some of these, these are like graduate students in nursing and medicine and psychology uh, and also some family leaders and self-advocate leaders get to go, right? On this trip, we meet together every year to plan it. Uh, we lobby on the Hill together three days, le two days later after an intensive seminar. Well, this, this past year, the ARC has really beefed up short social media messages um, because of the risk on Medicaid, the Medicaid potentially capping Medicaid. Again, folks, remember what I said about the budget. They were going to cap Medicaid, which would have meant that 50 cents on the dollar I was talking about would disappear mm -hmm. over time. Mm -hmm. So Senator Warren actually promoted one of the ARC's short video messages. It got 600,000 hits. Wow. Just bad. to give you an example. Yeah. So this, this past year, we got emails every state. Hey, can you give us suggestions of people to interview? Because like you said, David, stories yeah. are what makes it. Mm -hmm. Well, by chance, even though they weren't all in our delegation, but they were part of our stakeholders that we were going with, I found nine people. Because they got to interview most of them, right? Mm -hmm. Then they offered us to be the tour group that they followed on the Hill. So you can see on our website, you go to our YouTube, you go to 
archmas.org, hit the YouTube, you can see the not only it's got our brand on it, but you can also it's also the same video clip, one minute and fourteen seconds yep. of the Ark of the U.S. this yep. past year because, and that's how closely we work together. But it also shows university centers and other groups hand in hand working together to make things happen. The you talked about telling stories. I mean, the the best fundraisers I've been to for special needs and special challenges organizations, you you got to kick it off with a video that shows shows you coming to life, and you could argue it's a little bit of a cheap trick because it it pulls it tugs at your heartstrings. But that is exactly what it's all about, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, heck, this is what we do on the the podcast world. We tell stories, right, Tyrion? There's nothing in the world more powerful than a good story. Game of Thrones, that yeah, was great. The last oh, yeah. episode could, of Game yeah. of Thrones. Nothing more important than a good story. I don't know who didn't see that one, right? Right, right. <laughs> right. exactly. So, um, what do people need to know about like the Ark in their local area? Because I think a lot yeah. of uh, families who have special needs don't realize that so, their services so, are there, right? Right, and there's there's an array of services. Each chapter of the Ark is different. It's based on historical. It's each is a separate nonprofit. So they their leadership they're looking at the new services everyone's looking Utah maybe we can spend a couple of minutes on trends what's sure, the future yeah, going to look like yeah. so they can go to their local chapter and and what each chapter affiliate knows is if they don't have a specific service they're going to refer you to a service because that's standard you know that's like because everyone doesn't do everything simple mm-hmm. as that um, I people, take it if you go to uh, again it's arcmass org arcmass.org you can you'll there's a list and you'll find so it's like there's the arc of if i'm not mistaken this is the arc of the of the south shore yeah that's and south shore south norfolk right here down the street right in westwood's the main office um you have the you know literally 17 berkshire county brockton i'll be seeing the my brockton colleague later today Um, city of champions yeah and i'll be going to an event at the arc of bristol county tonight there you go um And um, so each of the organizations in Waltham has an event on Sunday morning. Uh, it's called, but some of them have different names. So um, um, check your local listings. Yeah, check your, <laughs> and we have the right. list. You just see about, you know, and then it says chapters. And uh, we also have uh, um, a way for you to get information about DDS area offices, Department of Development Services. We also have, like I said, the Mass Health Resources um, and people can call. So they have questions. Right. You know, you, men- you, men- you mentioned yeah. when, a, when, a, when a child with a disability turns 18, you know, my uh, Adrian's mom and I went through this and made sure we checked the right boxes. And, right. you know, Adrian is entitled to some income from, uh, you know, right. uh, Social really Security. Important. Some people don't know that. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's it's um, and if, if a parent's family's affluent, they can use that to get a life insurance policy for a couple of years, even though mm-hmm. technically Adrian's helping pay for his clothes and whatever yep. you can, you can think, you know, just think through, Oh, what, what's a good strategy, you know, and people at your planning, people at the art can, can answer some of these yeah, questions. We can answer, and if we can, we're going to recommend people. So right. especially like local things, we're not going to know certain local things, but we're going to make sure you get connected. We're not going to leave you in the lurch. Right. Sometimes people call 10 places and by call them back the next day and we don't get an answer back and we know they've called like 10 places and we just, yeah. okay, we let it go just yeah. to be, clear we're not going to hunt haunt you to well, give no, you but information it's, right right <laughs> but it's, right. it's it, we really I'm have being a stalked by awesome the team yeah yeah no um, it, it's and and as you know it's it's a harrowing experience when your child gets diagnosed or even if your child hasn't been diagnosed and and it really is that thing you don't know where to begin that group that you were kind enough to the the group that I host monthly the special needs consortium 
we we have come up with a hard copy you know resource guide and we try it, it it took a long time because we we've said why can't we develop a list of all the things that you'd be worried about and then who you contact for that person because usually you know when our child got diagnosed the, our first thing was we called someone else who we knew had gone through this and in turn, when Adrian got older and we started to learn things, we became a resource for others. Yes. It, there's no, it, there's no one line, but, um, the, you know, the arc is, is a great starting point for sure. Yeah. Right. And, and we, one thing to be clear, sometimes people connect with somebody and they have a great idea, but it's like one idea, one path. Right. And what we try to do is tell people to step back and, and I have it with me here. It's called charting the course. It's the newest person centered sort of tool that families can use. Can we share that? So, oh, so, sure. so, so we'll, so after, but no, before you leave, I'll get a copy okay, of that yeah. and we'll put it up in the, um, well, if you're watching on the Adore app, you could be looking at it right now, but if not, we'll provide, we'll provide a link. Is it on the website? Yeah. Is we it? have charting yeah. the, I'm sure charting the course is on our Oh, website. we'll figure it out. So check yeah. if you want information about the, this guide, go to the show notes of this particular episode and click on that and you're looking at it right now. How's that? We're making progress here, people. By the way, while you take that out, I, I, I'm always uh, one big parenthesis, Leo, as I say, but I forgot to tell my Bill Keating story. I'd be oh, remiss. Go so, for he's, it. so as you say, he's a good man. Who's, who's, who's and he's on that video, guys. by the way. He's oh, on. good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So he a career in politics and he started as a, a state rep for my town, Sharon, where I grew up. And so, you know, he was a you know, bootstraps guy, you'd see him around town all the time. He, he, you know, uh, boots on the ground, meeting people, shaking hands, all that. Uh, when I was in grade school, the second grade, third grade, who knows what it was. I think there was an assignment to draw your house or something. And, and so I, I drew our house and our yard and, and I brought it home and my mom said, David, this is great. It looks just like our house, you know, you up on the refrigerator, you know, and she's in that she's looking and there's the door and there's the car and all the things. And she said, but who's that? There's, there's a person standing on the right in front. And I said, that's Bill Keating because he, <laughs> he had come to our house and I, you know, look up at him and he's, hi, I'm Bill Keating. I'm running for state rep. And so he, he was immortalized in that uh, right. picture. Do you yeah. still have that? Yeah, I don't think so. But oh. my mom tells the story all the time. I, I, love th- it. I think I've, I've told it to uh, Mr. Keating himself. And he helped with, with Michael Bohr and Arca South Norfolk to start the ALEC program, which is right. helping police officers at first now actually fire department other first responders to work with which is terrific and adrian's mom and my ex-wife who um, and current friend uh she was involved in in alec as a a prosecutor in norfolk county and trained first responders to recognize the signs of of autism so that when they show up to a situation they're not freaking out and what a a great simple idea to to have those first responders educated because You know, if you didn't have that knowledge, you, you could, you'd be lost. You know, right. you could think the person's on drugs. You could think the person is who knows what. So one of my colleagues was saying the other day, now the, the big challenge, too, is helping, helping youth and adults with disabilities to also know how to interact with people with mm. uh, first responders. So a great example, the ARC U.S. had a conference just this weekend, convention, and one of my colleagues said to me, um, one of the stories, a woman who got arrested Mm-hmm. <laughs> with a disability. Yep. She goes, I didn't know that I couldn't keep calling the person and tell them what a jerk they were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And maybe coaching wouldn't have worked. Maybe she needed a scare wake up call. I don't know. Right. But, it, but it's also like, sometimes we don't think of doing that. Right. Cause we're so busy and overwhelmed, right. but there's so many aspects of society, but that's again, why it pays to have people involved in community. Cause you pick that up through the vibes. You pick For that sure. up through peer 
um, you know, what do you call pair, pair mentoring, modeling, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So I probably lost track. No, that that's um, okay. We, so, we so were the, talking about the guide. Yeah. I know so, you, you know, funny. someone's, so first place, there's a whole school issue. I don't know how deep you want to get it. You know, the IEP issue and all that, which is, it's a whole different world, right? In itself mm-hmm. that people have to advocate, even though it's the law. Right. Okay. And a transition plan when you're 14, Massachusetts still has 14 as the age. Yep. And that means, think about that, that educational plan should talk all about preparation to adulthood. Right. They should have supports for the young person to go to the bank. They should have supports to be exposed to community jobs. They don't necessarily have to be working, but some kind of preparation that's actual. That's, and I say this because people often, they won't get this, right? Because it's a different model of teaching than traditional education. But then you get to adults, adult life, and um, people think, okay, um, you know, what do I do? You know, well, there's, there's a whole array of services. You don't want to start there. You want to start with the person. Right. And often we don't do that because everyone we talk to is just telling us about what's there. Yep. Here's the whole pigeonhole we'd like to put you in. And right, right, yeah, right. life is full of pigeonholes. You have to deal with reality. Don't get me wrong. But if you don't have a plan to begin with, like, and if that young person, even if they can't verbally articulate it, you can't somehow figure out what makes their clock tick, what, what makes them move. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're just basing it on, you, you know, we have, I've been a parent like this sometimes where I just project my stick onto my kid, right? Yeah. That's a huge mistake, especially if a kid (laughs) can't communicate. Okay. That's even bigger mistake, right? Because he may take an, or an unassertive kid, right? Kids rebel in their teen years. For sure. Kids with disabilities may not rebel in their teen years. It might take them till they're 22. Who knows? But hearing them looking at the plan from their perspective as a parent and, 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 and getting friends involved, right? People with different perspectives is so important. So that's what we push. I was talking to an awesome parent the other day who's, you know, adult son is older and they finally applied to DDS for residential looking ahead they're getting older. Mm-hmm. And I said, Oh, that's great. And, and your plan, you, uh, what do you mean? No, I applied to D I said, okay, look, um, thank God I'm going to send you something because you want to think about you here. You're going out of your way to make sure your son has a rich life and is doing a lot of things he or she wants right. to do. Doing good things. Correct. Right, for the you want to make sure that right. gets carried over. Right. So that's the plan piece. And, yep. and, and it's something so obvious, but but you and I maybe don't plan our lives too well either, right? <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> so we're asking people yeah. to do something that's not typical. Yeah, and you know the the IEP. If there are special needs parents trying to keep up with this episode and they're frantically taking yeah. notes, it, well, you can always rewind. It's a podcast after all. But you know the IEP is by definition an individualized education program, right? And in the autism world, there's the the saying: you've seen one kid with autism, you've seen one kid with autism, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're all they're all different. I I had a guest in here the other day, Dr. Buck Weaver, who runs a, a center for people with communication challenges and such. And, and he said that, that his whole philosophy is you got to look at the, the issues that the, the child or the person has, but look at the strengths, too. And and so that and that and that's where th- there are there are things they can do that can be yeah. unlocked. You know, yeah, we ignore strengths at our peril. Right. right. I, by the way, we have 39 webinars over the past two years on mm-hmm. our website different topics. And you just mentioned that topic. We have Paul Simeone, who's greater augmentative communication. He's one of those webinars, Mm -hmm. but there's a whole different series. So it's a few of them are on policy, whatever, but there's a lot of resource kinds of tools. And for people thinking about employment, we're part of this Massachusetts partnership for transition to employment with uh, a number of state agencies and the Institute on community inclusion and other groups. And we have a Facebook site that's got a thousand people reacting uh, talking about employment. So if you, your kid's 14 to 26, 
Uh, it's a great site to go on, by the way. I put a plug-in for that joint shared site. Sure, yeah. Um, but, uh, and you can learn about that from us as well. Mm-hmm. I got off track again. No, that's Sorry. okay. That's what we do on podcasts. Yeah, yeah. We are, we got uh, maybe five minutes left here with Leo. So um, you, I feel like you had a couple other big, big deal things you wanted to share us sure. as to what the arc is up to. So, yeah, I mean, the future is huge, right? Yep. Um, you know, so just, I'm just going to say stipulate with me. We've done some pretty big things in the past and leave it at that. I'm not going to go through the past uh, anymore. Right. So let's look at the future. What mm-hmm. does the future hold? You have a burgeoning autism explosion. You have people with disabilities that, that are living longer. Mm-hmm. They may have complex medical conditions, right? Um, whole array of things. Um, so the question becomes, you know, we covered the tax issue, so that's done. Mm-hmm. So now let's look at how do services have to evolve today? The last big evolution, I'd say that was sort of like huge evolution, okay, was the movement away from the institution to the community. Right. And then there's been little movements, right? The push toward employment, the push toward community inclusion. One of the projects we have is friendship building, social inclusion, the height of social inclusion is when you have friends in the community, okay? Big time, yeah. So that's something we, we, we have going on right now. I call it a boutique kind of outreach with the State Department of Elmo Services. But what's the future going to look? How are we going to afford, right now turning 22 every year, 1,000 plus students turn 22. Mm-hmm. How are we going to afford that? And if, even if we had all the money in the world, What's the right thing to do? Right. Okay. Yeah. So the ARC developed a workforce paper that's on our site, arcmass.org slash workforce. Within that, we talked about individuals and families first. We talked about changing the way we do services. And over the next few weeks, a, a stakeholder group is going to meet for the first time in November, we expect. But we also want to internally be looking at um, three thrusts that we're hoping, we know we'll be working with the state government on as well, because they've shown great interest. They want to solve this, Right. Right. Secretary Sutters, we're lucky to have her working under Governor Baker. I feel like we have this window working with her and her team and the Commissioner Ryder that's not going to, you know, last, right? And right. But if we can get something cemented in the next 18 months, that's, that's epic changing. So what would that be about? Well, first place, we have to do residential stuff differently, residential yeah. innovations, right? And, and there are Medicaid. Because it's all over the place, right? Correct. Yeah. And, and we may probably want to keep it a little bit all over the place, yeah. but... We want to help individual families first because guess what? When you move into a community setting, um, even if it's just four or five people, you have to figure out the peer group. You've got to figure out the service needs and the geography. Three things that have to work. What are the odds of that working, honestly, for you or me? Yeah. It's imp- so now we're making that work for people with disabilities? I don't think so. So what can we do that starts with the person? It, it's not the old dream of 24-7 finding a spot. That's, that's probably not realistic for two reasons. One is it doesn't work, unfortunately, as well as we thought it would. Mm-hmm. But the workforce shortage, even if we pay them better, which we wanted them this year to get $17 an hour as the base for starting people and hire for those with seniority, that's still not going to bring enough people into the workforce. So number one is residential innovation. Number two, communication. Mm-hmm. We don't focus on communication enough. Um, Ray Kurzweil, the, the visionary from Google, said in 20 years, we'll have singularity with the cloud. Well, you know what? Give us a piece of the cloud yeah. with disability, right? <laughs> yeah, cover and, a little yeah. code. And a close colleague of mine, Bruce Bird, did a study to look at research that's out there for tools for people with both mental health conditions and IDD. He found under, I think, 12 studies that are peer-reviewed in our space. I mean, give me a break, yeah, okay? come on. So communication, we have a uh, 
very psyched about the people we've engaged to help us look at that issue. There's not enough work for adults looking at augmentative communication, usage of assistive technology. It's just a mishmash right now. The field heterogeneous. We haven't broken out different strengths, different needs. And then the third, third area is as we do those two thrusts, how do we tackle the turning 22 numbers in a way, getting a data some kind of systematic way. And again, this is going to be the state doing this, right? But we can um, help them do this, figure mm-hmm. out a data gathering that could give us information about ge- geographic hotspots, can give us information about the needs, and we can offer people something different that's mm-hmm. self-directed mm-hmm. And, and make it attractive. So because there's, a, there's another piece to this, which is helping people understand on the ground. They'll, they'll be fearful. Oh, my God, this is an epic making change. Am I losing right. something? Yeah. this change, yeah. right, yeah. Dave? Yep. So those are the three areas to me, like th- there's no way around that That if we could tackle those w- working with not ourselves alone, no way. You know, it has yeah. to be everyone all in. Uh, we can do it. And we will suddenly turn around five years from now and say, wow, we, we solved some of this using some, maybe some of the programs we already have, whether it's adult family care, personal care attendant program, and on the DDS side, self-determination programs, uh, and of course, we'll still have staffed homes. We'll still, you know, they're not right. going to go away for people that need twenty four seven. Well, all this sounds ambitious and so right minded. So I wish you all the luck in the world because my son turns twenty two next year. So could you step it up a little, please, <laughs> Leo? <laughs> um, we are up against the clock, but Leo Sarkisian, I hope you enjoyed your time here. Uh, I did. To me, I, I learned a ton. I'm going to have to go back and listen to this twice, I think. But if you uh, if you caught a few tidbits in here that you like, again, check the show notes. Or go to the website, the Ark of Mass, and the website is arcmass.org. Not the incorrect URL I gave out earlier. No, no surprise, I uh, goofed that one. But Leo, uh, we will when you when you do triumph and you get your various victories on the hill, we'll have to have you back to explain how it changes things because uh, it's such awesome stuff that you do. So thank you. So thank you. Thank will you, you will, Dave. Will what you, a great will, sh- yeah, great programs here. I've been listening. Thank you. All right, one more listener. We did it. We did it, everybody. <laughs> and if you uh, are interested in podcasting, by the way, if you'll pardon the plug, it's pod617.com. You could be the next big podcast star. Your tones may not be as persuasive and mellifluous as Leo Sarkisian's that you enjoyed today, but well, we'll coach you up. Don't worry about it. Thanks to our sponsor, also the U.S. Postal Service, usps.com slash careers is where you go to find out about careers of the Postal Service. And thanks to our friends at Adori. Go to the App Store and download the Adori app. That's A-D-O-R-I. And please share this and write all this down, people. This is a lot of homework you've got today. If you like this podcast, please share it with a friend or a colleague. I mean, anyone who's got a kid with special needs should listen to this one for sure. On behalf of Leo Sarkisian from the Ark of Mass, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Enjoy the day, everybody. You must be the other guy. Boston, everybody.